We've been in a series called God's Strength Made Perfect in Our Weakness. And this weekend, we're interrupting it because this is our serve weekend, where we're asking everybody to help in some area of your spiritual family, to get connected, to discover what you do, to, to help the family grow stronger, and to make a bigger difference. How many of you know surrounding major sporting events are what are called luxury boxes? Take a look. See, it's called a luxury box because they never want you to even think about leaving it. Anybody in here been in them? I've had a few times with friends that their company had one, and it's nice. <laughs> it's really nice. It's stacked with snacks and beverages. They got a giant screen television in there. You can watch something if your team's losing and you're bored. They've got comfortable seats. They've got couches, recliners, chairs, coffee table, everything. You can Xbox games in there. They have a butler that will serve whatever you wish at any time you wish in that box. They don't want you to be uncomfortable. It's like a carnival cruise without COVID. It's really nice. It's really nice. A luxury box is a really nice place. It's safe. No one ever boos you in a luxury box. You never miss a shot. You never drop a pass. You never strike out in a luxury box. But there's one big problem with a luxury box. The game is not played in the luxury box. The game is played on the field. And God did not make any of us for a luxury box. God made each of us to get in the game. So I want to talk a few minutes about getting you out of the spectator business and into the servanthood business. When Jesus taught about this subject, he would get into people's faces and he would say things like, if you want to follow me, you're going to have to become a servant like me. And people would have to decide, do I really want to follow this guy or not? So let me talk about why you need to get in the game and why serving really is the best life possible. Number one, only when you get in the game can you know the joy of growing and developing the gift God has given to you. Listen to Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Now to each person, uh, has been given spiritual gifts for the building up of the church. So everybody in this room, everybody watching, you have a gift. Nobody got no gifts. You've got a gift. Everybody. Some have multiple gifts, but everybody's got one. But like a muscle, you got potential, but it isn't going to grow if you just lay there. Unless you work it, it's not going to develop to its fullest potential. So I'm saying neither will your gift you know, if you have a gift and you start using it, it'll get bigger, it'll get better, and you can impact uh, a, a bigger, a bigger a group of people. You can have more impact if you develop it. But how much is sitting there undeveloped, unused, un it doesn't matter what your potential is, it's like batteries in a, in a package do no good till you plug them into a purpose. So when you plug your life into God's purpose, into some area of service, boom, now, potential can become possibility. So when you become a believer, the Holy Spirit takes up residence inside of you, and God activates strengths, motivation that he's hardwired into you so you can serve others and build up the church, build up the family. 
Cindy uses her gift to build up our literal family. I use mine to build up our family. When our children were little, we hoped they would grow up and make their bed and help the family and do a few things. Any other parents out there? Yeah, because it was all about serving and, and sacrificing and building up the family. Well, this is a spiritual family, and we can't build it up if everybody just says, feed me. <laughs> You know, or everybody just wants to be comfortable. I only want to watch that channel. No, no. We're here for the family to build it up, make it stronger, make it more uh, valuable, making Jesus famous. I say it because one of the most common reasons people, people, you know, shirk away from serving is they say, I'm not qualified. I don't think there's anything special I can do. I'm not a spiritual giant. Well, what kind of people did God use in the Bible? Abraham's on Medicare. Come on. Moses had a speech impediment. Joseph was an ex-con. Rahab was a hooker with a history of sexual misbehavior. David was an adulterer and murderer. Chew on that for a while. Elijah was bipolar. He outran a chariot for miles one day. The next day, he's suicidal. John the Baptist ate bugs. Looked like Sonny Bono with his camel skin on. <laughs> Literally. Thomas doubted. Gideon was afraid. Martha obsessed over housekeeping. Not Martha Stewart, Martha of the Bible. <laughs> Jeremiah said he was too young. Sarah said she's too old to have a baby. Peter was a poster boy for spiritual attention deficit disorder. These are people that God changed the world through. So my question is, what's your excuse? Anybody in the Bible could have said no to serving because they felt inadequate. But think what they would have missed. I even think in my own life back, back when I'm in business and I'm doing import, export, and I'm flying planes and I'm thinking, my, the guy that led me to Jesus said, now, would you help us out? In, in the teenage department. It was a small church. They didn't have a whole lot of room, so they had a school bus, and that was my class. And they said, here's a little youth book or something to teach out of. I thought, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if they'll even listen to me. And I stood on the transom when you get up in the bus and taught the bus. I had no idea where that would lead, what would come about years down the road. And neither do you, neither do you. The truth is, there are no spiritual giants. There's just people in the bleachers and people in the game. So you have to get in the game. And when you do, you discover the joy of developing the gift God gave you, then offering it back to him, okay? Second thought, only when you get in the game do you know the joy of making a difference in somebody else's life that will matter for eternity. You just never know. Once in a while, somebody will come up to me. Somebody came up to me when I was entertaining some friends from Seattle the other day at a restaurant from New York. New York, what are you doing here? Well, that's a good, good place to be from, to come to good old San Antonio. But she said, no, we watched you on TV, and my mama loves you, and blah, 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 blah. And this happened, and this happened, and I thought, really? Gee, I may hang in here for another week. I, you, <laughs> A policeman at one of our events and at one of our funerals said, my life was changed when somebody invited me to come here. And I thought, you just never know. Because sometimes you walk away and you think, oh, shucks, that was worthless. That didn't impact anybody. I don't know if that made any difference at all. 
We all do. We all do. You just never know. So, but when I make the aim of my life to please myself, listen to me, nothing is ever enough. No matter how nice my luxury box is, the thrill always wears off because somebody else always has a bigger and nicer luxury box. And people can spend their whole lives trying to acquire and furnish nicer, bigger, better luxury boxes. And the problem is that sooner or later, everybody ends up in the same luxury box, six feet underground. And no matter who the resident is, from the least to the greatest, it doesn't make any difference how luxurious that dumb box is, whether it's marble or gold or pine. Whoever's laying in it doesn't care. What matters is when it's time for your final box, not how many nice boxes you had, but it comes down to who you served and who you helped in the name and power of Jesus along life's journey. And I'll tell you something, I've never met anybody yet who regretted serving. I've never met anybody in the kingdom who came to the end of their life and said, gee, I wish I'd spent more time watching TV. Yeah, no, no, no. Number three, only when you get out of the bleachers and get in the game serving will you ever know the joy of doing what God says really matters. That one day, people will stand before God and he will say to some human beings like you and me, well done, good and faithful servant. In Matthew 25, the parable of the talents of gold, one of them came to Jesus and said, Master, you gave me five talents. I've acquired five more. And his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. He said, hey, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. Look, I've gained two more. And his master replied, same reward. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. And the guy with one said, well, I never got drunk. I didn't commit adultery. I didn't lose it, but I never used it. And Jesus said some pretty shocking words to him. He says, you lazy, unprofitable servant. You don't want Jesus to say, well, I saved you. I redeemed you. I paid for you in my blood, but you were totally unprofitable. You didn't do anything with what I gave you. Now, everybody's different. Everybody's got a different kind of gift. We don't have the same thing. Some people got gifts to, to, to achieve huge wealth. It just comes to them. It's like a gift, and they can generate provision for the kingdom. You wouldn't want to be the CEO of a billion-dollar company, and you think, well, is that my job, just making billions? Or does God want me to use that gift to resource the kingdom in a major way? You're not exempt from service. Maybe it's, it's hospitality. Maybe it's greeting people with great joy and passion. Uh, for others, it's, it's music. For others, it may be singing or technical cameras or electronics or something. Uh, it's just maybe you could do one. It's a real easy one. I have the gift of helps. You need any help? I'll come over and help you. Somebody's running a small group. They need some help. Now, somebody else is running a ministry or they're teaching it, but they need a helper, somebody to help them. That's a gift, and that's serving. That's a wonderful thing. 
And that's who adds value to any family. See, we got a big job. We have to build an alternative culture because in our part of the world, we live in a culture, I think I would say it, obsessed with stars and celebrities and who's the greatest? Who's Ben dating now? Who's J-Lo with now? I don't give a flying fig Newton what star is dating who. I couldn't care less. Uh, my life is way bigger than some dingbat celebrity overpaid and underworked and uh, can't stay off drugs. To, to, I care what you're doing. No, I don't care what you're doing. You know, social media is not really toxic itself. It's the people you follow that are toxic. Yeah, follow good people. Follow encouraging people. They don't even have to be Christians, just people of good values, some good character, encouraging people, helpful people, people who make some contribution to make life better for other people. You won't get toxic. And Jesus' followers were pretty much like all of us. They were always jockeying to see who was going to be the greatest, who could get on stage first, who could have the most followers, who, who had the most subscribers, who was going to be the star. And James and John, they're no different. They actually had their mommy go to Jesus, sneaky little rats, go to Jesus and say, could my boys be in the luxury box with you in the kingdom? You know, those two nice seats up there next to you. See, the single hardest lesson that Jesus had to teach his followers, and it goes true today, was that God defines greatness in terms of servanthood, not your gift or talent. Matthew 20, verse 26, whoever wants to be great among you must hire a great PR firm. Oh, I'm sorry. No. Whoever wants to be great among you must be a servant. And Jesus did that. One day, Jesus took off his robe. He washed the disciples' gnarly, stinking, yellow toenailed feet. I mean, they didn't have any podiatry in that day. The most menial task you could do was wash feet, not because it was Jesus' spiritual gift, but because family, community is built by serving. And the reason so many people missed him was nobody thought the king of kings, the Messiah, the son of God, would come as a servant. But he did. And that's what makes families great. Church is great. Servanthood. I mean, listen, if you want a, a good marriage and family, you're going to have to sacrifice and serve. And it's always be times it's inconvenient. Honey, would you stop off and get this? Uh, could you stay with the children? I've got an appointment to go do this. Or would you go keep one of the grandkids? It's, it's serving and sacrificing continually. Yeah. And if you don't want to serve and you don't want to sacrifice, don't get married. <laughs> don't have a family. Yeah. For God's sake, don't join the church because yeah. you're supposed to be serving and sacrificing from the top down. Nobody, if you're too big to serve, you're too big. Something's wrong, see? I'm proud to be in a church family here that will do this. And to you that are involved, my dear God, thank you. Thank you. Because as a church, we wouldn't exist if it were not for people who simply said, okay, I'll serve, I'll help, I'll give, give me something I can do. Now, people, this is important to know. Sometimes people will come into the family from outside, unknown, unconnected, and they want to be the singer. They have CDs. 
They've sung on Christian TV or they've sung at some event, but they're not connected anywhere. They don't come with the recommendation of a local pastor saying this person has been proven. They're givers. They're servers. They have a valid gift. They're faithful. I highly recommend. That's different. But they'll want to give. They'll want to feature on the stage. They'll want to be able to come and visit your church. We get letters. They want to come and bring prophecy to the church, or they want to bring their book, and they want to teach the book or sell the book. And I thought, wait a minute. Did you ever read the Bible, Sparky? It says, know them that labor among you. I just met you. I don't know you. Now, you may have a wonderful gift, but I don't know about your character. And you're going to earn getting on the stage or teaching your book or selling your book or your CD or your singing. And I don't care how gifted your voice you have. Go to the back of the line and get in the choir. Serve your way up to the front. Get Let people know. This is a person who's connected, who gives. They want to walk into your vineyard that you've sacrificed, you've sown your finances, you've given your life to build that family, and they want to walk in and just eat the the fruit of it, but not contribute to it at all for self. And the Bible says, lay hands suddenly on no man. Let a man first be proven, tested. Well, hello, let's do some proving. Don't suddenly give authority or honor or respect to somebody disconnected from the family until they are proven. Uh, Right? You, you, You want the platform? Okay. Serve, give, and your gift will make room for you. But if you just want immediate fame to the stage, unless you're coming from a respected church with valid uh, credentials, meaning this person has been faithful this year. They are members here. Oh, let's take my friend and your friend, Christine Kane. She's, she's a traveling ministry and has been for years, but she's connected to her local church. Her ties go to the local church. She's always at her local church for the three or four main events they have every year in another nation. She's, a, she's reputable. She's faithful. She would, she would represent what we would want. You're welcome. She's been on a stage many times. See, there's a connection there. They're well known. They've been proven. Good days, bad days. You don't do that suddenly. Somebody, stranger, walks in, jumps up, wants to shout, yay, shut up. The Lord would say, shut up, sit down. (laughs) Bible says, know them that labor among you. You go get permission. You go to authority and you get permission because we don't know you. I don't know what you're going to say. You just want to show yourself off. This is a family. Be respectful. Be, be courteous. Walk into somebody. I don't know the rules. If I go over to Percy's house, I don't know what the rules are there. So I'm walking in as a servant with a little bit of humility. And if uh, Danielle says, we'd appreciate it. We just had new flooring put in. If you take your shoes off. Okay. Take them off or leave. Okay. <laughs> Think I'll take them off. If you go to Asia, you got to take them off before you go in anyway. Well, I don't like it. Well, then stay outside and shut up. This is a family. It's a home. It's a spiritual family. And God's given us gifts to build up the family. But I'm trying to say that because Judy and I get books every month in the mail from people who want to come teach it or they want to sell it. I don't know who they are. They get a mailing list of pastors from around the country and they send stuff out. No, get in a local church, prove yourself. Then your book might have more widespread acceptance. Sure, makes good sense. But Common sense is not very common, and it's almost like superpower if you have it. So 
Prove yourself. I like the way Dr. Martin Luther King put it. He said it better. He said, you want to be great? Good. Everybody can be great because anybody can serve. He said, you don't need a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. All you need is a heart full of love and a soul generated by grace. Anybody can serve. Everybody who's a Jesus follower, he said, should serve. Of course. It's just, it's just normal. Some of you are committed to God. I know it. You know Jesus died on the cross. You believe that. Your sins are forgiven. You receive that gift. But the truth is, you're still in the bleachers. You're still on the sidelines. You're still a spectator. You're still in the luxury box. So what we want to do this weekend is nudge you a little bit, or maybe more than a nudge, maybe a little bump, to tell you it's time to get out of the bleachers and get in the game. Do something. Can I carry that for you? Do something. I hope you'll be open to the call. Don't spend your life in that luxury box as a spectator. It'll hinder your faith. It'll start to make you a little cynical, and you'll remain a spectator and become increasingly passive. Sadly, you'll start to think your life is just about you and getting into a nice luxury box. Whatever God gave you, he said it was to equip, to serve, to build up the family, the body of Christ. So how do you escape that and just run out? So find where God's planted you. That's the church that God's put you in. Where? Then, now you start making a contribution. You serve, you give, you worship, you help. You're part of that. That's, that's your spiritual family. And you're changing lives at the same time. See, the church Jesus came to start was not a church of service attenders. It was a community of servants. There are lots of people around here. I know it. But the majority are spectators. Jesus said, the harvest is plenteous. Laborers are few. We need you. And if you're saying, really, I'm too busy to serve, <laughs> ask yourself, too busy doing what? What's more important than hearing, well done, good and faithful servant? Now, let me pause to say this. Tragically, this past week, we came upon an accident, and a few other people did as well, where two teenage young men lost their lives in a fiery car crash right down here at Bulverde near the, the high school. And, and lost their lives. I can't imagine the devastating uh, impact that had on mom and dad and family and friends and loved ones. Gone too early, too soon. Nobody, not those guys, ever planned a funeral. None of them. Nobody plans to die unless they're on a long-term disease and they know they're just counting the days. But most of us don't have a time we think we will die. And it's so sudden. And I'm thinking, I don't know how many ticks I've got left in the clock. I don't know. But all I know is I've got today. You know, well, someday I'm going to, I think I'll do this. Someday is not a day of the week. Open your calendar, find someday. It's not on there. Today is the only day you have. Today is the day of salvation. That's what God says. This is the only day you have. Use it wisely. Use your life. Don't postpone out in the future something that can only be attained today. Because I don't have a, he, he, even God says, don't boast about tomorrow, dude. You don't even know what a day may bring forth. Your life is a vapor. 
And even if you live to be long and old, you'll look back and say, man, that was quick. What a quick ride. So how can you find out what your gifts are when you don't know? Well, simple. Start experimenting. Try a bunch of stuff. What do you like to read? What do you like to do? What flicks your switch? What do people say? Hey, that's really cool when you do that, or you do that very well. What is it in you that excites you when you do it? See, what makes your heart kind of beat fast? Look, there's something we all suck at, right? We're not good at everything. So God's not going to build my future on what I can't do. He's going to build my future on what I can do that he gave me to do. And when I do it, I'll enjoy it. And if I do it more, I get better at it. And people will actually recognize and say, man, you do that pretty well. That's true. I never played, I never played tennis in my whole life until I went to Africa, South Africa. And back then, everybody, this is 40 years ago, everybody played tennis. I never played tennis in my whole life. And so if I wanted to fit in, I had to play some tennis. Well, not knowing if I could even play, I got me a, a nice racket. That was pretty pricey too. And then I took a few lessons and I liked it. And the more I played, the better I got. And you may not know this. I played in the backyard with the great Grand Slam champion, Margaret Cork. I played with her as my partner in her backyard, and I never played tennis a day in my life until a year before that, and I just picked it up, and obviously, it wasn't my assignment in life, but I was pretty good at it, and I liked playing it, doing it. You're going to like what you do when you do what God wired you to do. You're going to like it, and it's not going to be hard. It's a gift. It's not hard. Sometimes I get asked to be impromptu. How did you do that? Or we need a quick cut for the, you did it in one take. How do you, it's a gift. I don't have a little magic fairy that flies down and says, okay, it's just a gift. I don't even think about it. When it's a gift, you don't think about it. You can hit the, you hit the ball or you can do this or you can do that because God gave it to you. Well, you've got a gift. You say, well, I haven't got a clue. That's because you haven't ever done anything then. Well, go out and try some stuff. Sign up for one of our ministry classes. Sign up for some place you could just help. Sign up for some place where you have some think you might have an interest. It's not an eternal sign up. If it doesn't work out, you don't like it, you can switch to something else until you find out which ball you can hit. This is not complicated, folks. Right? Okay. You know, if at first you don't succeed, skydiving is not for you pretty simple. So just imagine what could happen if everybody in Summit was a player, not a poser. See, using their spiritual gifts to build this body up and make a difference in our city. There's nothing that can stop it except us. So if you're following Jesus and you're still up in the bleachers, get out of the stinking bleachers and get in the game. And after the service, Cindy will mention to you, all the ministries are out in the lobby you can ask some questions. You could try it out, but at least look at it. Take a shot at it for the new year to serve and use that gift. Do you realize we probably have better musicians, better singers, better teachers, and better preachers than we have now currently that are unused, and nobody will ever know what could have been. Martin Luther King did not plan 
to be the spokesman for, for uh, 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 equal rights and, and the injustice of slavery and civil rights. He was drafted by many, many people because he had a very small church, but he had a very powerful gift. And so he yielded himself to be a spokesman and changed the world. Incredible. He disused it. None of us think we have much, but God touches it. He makes a little a lot when he, when he touches it, and he can do that for you. Would you bow your head with me for a moment? Father, help everybody here to know the joy of a life spent serving you. I pray that everybody in this room will, will find a place of service that fits in nicely with their gift, their talent, their passion to make some difference. Doesn't have to be great, just a place to serve. It's not overworked. It's not used all the time but everybody can do something. What is the something I can do that I enjoy that could help change a life or make a difference in a family? You know, we have a lot of parts in the body and your little bitty toe is in your shoe. Nobody sees it, but if you stub that on the shower or the bathtub, it'll make the whole body jump around. Well, that's, there are parts in the body that make this thing successful that you'll never see. People behind the scenes, they make such a contribution. God's the one who rewards that ultimately, not man. So God is the ultimate one who sees and who rewards. Let me urge you, get connected. Find a group. Get in a connect group. Get in some ministry. Just say, I'll help. Or could I do this? Or I feel like I'd like to try this out. You don't have to sign a contract. It's just try it out. See if it bears fruit. And if not, try something else. But do something. Let me ask you this. Just like my two young men went out into eternity the other day, full of potential, probably a promising future, gone. What about you? If this was your last day on planet Earth, would you go to heaven? Are you sure that you have eternal life? There's no need to be dilly-dallying around about that. Make that decision now because you don't know what a day may, may hold. Not one of us does. For more information on Summit Christian Center, visit summitsa.com dot com.